G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. And from the kibbutz where I grew up in, by the way, there's about 700 people in that kibbutz. None of them, none of my family or friends, is a believer in Messiah. God needed to take me from Israel, once again, literally, to the end of the earth. Because in Israel, I could never see God. Because I was blinded by the things that I've been taught. The Story. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today, our guest is Omri Jakobovich, who grew up in a secular kibbutz in Israel. He is a Jewish believer in Jesus Christ, otherwise known as a Messianic Jew. He has come up with a fascinating idea for how to be a blessing to Israeli travellers. It's called HIT International, where the H-I-T stands for Hosting Israeli Travellers. It's an international network where people can open their hearts and homes to Israeli travellers. It began in New Zealand in the year 2000 and then spread to other countries. He's explaining how it all works and sharing his story with Shelley Skull. Omri, HIT stands for Hosting Israeli Travellers. Can you tell us about this great concept of a website that you've set up? Um, well, first, I'm, I'm a native-born Israeli, and while travelling in New Zealand back in 1997 as an Israeli backpacker, that's where, at the outermost part of the earth, <laughs> that's uh, where I came to faith in Messiah, Yeshua, you call him Jesus in English, uh, as the promised Jewish Messiah. And just like Paul is writing in the book of Romans, ever since, my heart desire and prayer to God for the people of Israel that they might be saved. February 2000, we started this network called HIT, hosting Israeli travelers, where we actually invite evangelical Christians, uh, Bible-believing, mostly Gentiles, who believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, people that believe that God has not forsaken his people, which he foreknew, the Jewish people. And as a result of that, understand that part of their call is to show love and mercy and friendship and support God's people, the apple of God's eyes, as 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 the scriptures put it. And um, so this is a network we've been operating in New Zealand since 2000. Um, And only in the last year, the network is actually uh, turning itself um, out of New Zealand and now going internationally. Yeah, it's quite an interesting concept too, where it's just set up as an outreach. It is a ministry, but it is also just an opportunity to get to know Israeli travellers as well. Uh, well, HIT itself is operating as a, as a travel club. Uh, we are not hiding the people um, from the Israelis, who the people hosting them are. But we actually also invite Jews or native-born Israelis living out of Israel to participate as hosts on our network so they don't have to be Bible-believing uh, in the Jewish Messiah per se. Though probably 98% of our hosts are, as I said, evangelical Christians. But we do also give room for... Um, Israelis and Jews to participate as hosts, so they can actually, um, some of them, you know, obviously, it's a great opportunity for them to connect with their own people, 
um, and also maybe to to learn Hebrew or things of that nature. Um, HIT as such is a travel club. But what the travel, travel club enables um, people is the fact that it actually enables Bible-believing Gentiles to actually minister the love of God to the Israelis. So all the purpose of the HIT network is actually to bring the Israeli backpackers into the homes of believers in the hope that once you part ways, two hours, two days, two weeks, maybe two months later, the Israelis are just a little bit closer, just one inch closer to the Messiah. Mm. Knowing that if we're able to do that, we're on the right track. We, we can talk quite a bit with our mouth, so to speak, but our action speaks louder. And I, you know, I don't think of any, I can't think of any better way to show a better love and support and friendship than by a particular person opening their homes and say to the Israelis, you are welcome in my house. All right, so the way to get involved is to go to the website hitinternational.net. If you'd like to know more, that's hitinternational.net. Of course, HIT standing for Hosting Israeli Travellers. Omri, I'm really interested to hear some of your story. I mean, you've let us in on little bits and pieces along the way. You've said that you're a Jew and you're an Israeli. You've been living in New Zealand. Tell us a bit more of your testimony of how you came to know the Messiah as your personal saviour. Well, first I grew up in a secular kibbutz in Israel. I hope yep. that everybody knows what a kibbutz is, a communal way of living. Okay. And the kibbutz, uh, I grew, well, it was based on pure communism, what became, not what became out of China and Russia, but the motto behind the kibbutz was everybody gives as much as they can and receive as much as they need. Pretty much like how we read they had it in the book of Acts when we were told that the disciples, the early disciples have sold everything that they had and they had everything in commune. So this is what, where I grew up. Right? The kibbutz I grew up in is 10 minutes drive uh, south east of Mount Carmel, where Elijah slew the prophets of Baal, and 10 minutes north drive northwest of Mount Megiddo, Armageddon, oh, where right, yeah. the Antichrist will assemble his armies in the last war. Um, as I said, well, I grew up in a, as a secular kibbutz. God was never been part of my upbringings. And like everyone else in Israel, as I finished the army, I went traveling around the world. Mm. I arrived to New Zealand on my 27th uh, birthday in Christchurch. And, um, well, I traveled for about um, seven, eight months by the time that I, I was actually confronted with the gospel. But uh, the, the, the interesting thing was, it, it just was a conversation with a woman that ran a hospital. It, it, been, it came up and... I, you know, she wasn't, she didn't shy off. She, she was able to actually, you know, one of the things that she said to me, one of the things she said to me was this. She said, Omri, you are such a fool. You go all over the world looking for truth. But truth is found in your own culture. Yes. And as, as she spoke that, it was like an arrow that pierced my heart because I knew that this was true. Every Jewish person ever been born since uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, every Jewish person. And this is the difference between us, the Jews, and you, the Gentiles. When we're born into this world, we are born under the Abrahamic covenant, which means that we will be twice as blessed if we would follow the Lord, but also twice as cursed if we to, to ignore him and reject him. Now, and this Abrahamic covenant is what ties all of us Jews to one another, and more importantly, it ties us to God himself. 
and every Jewish person you will ever meet in your lifetime, whether they believe in God or not, whether they like it or not, we all know that we're God's chosen people, we're God's covenant people. And when she said what she said, Omri, you go all over the world, but truth is found in your own culture. It was just something that I knew instinctively. I couldn't even argue with it. How much of it were you educated on as a kid? Like you were saying, you lived geographically very close to some of the very significant places mentioned in the Bible. And of course, I mean, Israel isn't a massive place in itself. But when you're growing up, uh, do they tell you about all of these stories growing up in a secular kibbutz? The problem with most most of us Jews today, we we study the Bible, but not as the living word of the living God. It is taught as the history of the Jewish people, with some great wisdom in it, great poetry, fantastic um, philosophy and proverbs, but also lots of myths and, and, and legends. Right. So it's not... I knew all the Bible stories. I knew about Adam and Eve and Noah and the, uh, and the Ark during the flood and David and Goliath and, or, you know, and Daniel in the lion's den. But we, we never looked at it as like as, as the Word of God. This was just stories, mm. you know? Yeah, right. Um, we knew that there was some history on it, of course, as kids. They said, we went to the Muhraka, exactly on Mount Carmel, where Elijah slew the prophets of Baal. When, uh, when um, we were, I think, 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old, all of us, we needed to study by heart the poetry, the poem that, uh, that Deborah, the, the prophetess, when she sang after um, Sisra was defeated. Right, yeah. And we actually went to the Tavor Mountain early in the morning for sunrise, and each one of us kids, we needed to recite the, the poem by, by heart. Wow. But, but it was never as, you know, this is the word of God, nothing like that, no, sadly. Yeah, it's such an amazing concept for us, you know. How's that for the ultimate school excursion and the ultimate school assignment? I know a lot of people who'd be pretty jealous of uh, some of those assignments. You mean to go, well, well, I guess as a kid, as a kid, personally, I just wanted to play outside in, you know, sports, but, um, yeah, yeah, I guess different, I guess none of us really choose where to be born and what culture or, 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 you know, but I guess there's advantages and disadvantages with wherever you may grow up. Again, look what God needed to do with me personally. Mm. And from the kibbutz where I grew up in, by the way, there's about 700 people in that kibbutz, none of them, none of my family or friends, is a believer in Messiah. God needed to take me from Israel, once again, literally, to the end of the earth. If you start from Israel, you get to New Zealand, if you continue, you're already on your way back. Because in Israel, I could never see God. Mm. Because I was blinded by the things that I've been taught. I've been taught evolution was a fact. Yeah. When you thought evolution is a fact, you can't even see God. Yeah. And we had a proof, by the way, we also had a proof that there's no God because where was he in the Holocaust, you see? Yeah, right. But, you know, Scripture says that every human being knows about the existence of God. In the book of uh, Romans chapter 1, it says that we are without excuse, yeah. regardless of where we grew up. Again, it doesn't matter so much where we start our journey. I believe it's far more important where we're going to end our journey. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. and Scripture says in, in um, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, everyone that will search with all their hearts 
we'll find. It's just a promise. I never knew that this promise existed in God's word. But all my life I searched what was the truth. What was the truth? And, and it was in New Zealand when I was 27 years old, when, when actually God finally reached me. But when I came to faith, God started to, to show me. Or suddenly I had flashes of, of, of in my memory, uh, experiences that I had from the past, from the Israeli army, from high school, where I could actually see, hey, this was God who was talking to me then, but I wasn't able to hear, you see. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Omri Jakobovich, founder of HIT International, which stands for Hosting Israeli Travellers, an international network where people can open their hearts and homes to Israeli travellers. We'll hear more of his story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Omri Jakobovich, who is Jewish and grew up in a secular kibbutz in Israel. Before the break, he shared that he put his faith in Jesus while visiting New Zealand on a backpacking excursion and now describes himself as a Messianic Jew. Next, he'll share the impact this has had on his life and his family. Omri, you mentioned that your parents aren't believers in Jesus or even believers in God. They are atheists. Uh, you brought up in a secular way of life. Has that caused tension between you and your family and the other people that you grew up with? Well, I, I grew up in a secular environment. Once again, one of the things that secular people say is believe in anything you like. In other words, live and let live. You can believe in whatever you like. But um, as long as you're not harming or hurting anyone else. So they can't now turn around and say, yeah, 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 you can believe in anything you like, except Yes. Because <laughs> that would be a little bit of a contradictory, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, so I'm sure, I'm sure that they were quite, um, I think that they were quite shocked when I did came to faith. Uh, they, they didn't, because of their ignorance, of course, they don't know. Mm. You, you need to understand that it is in the name of Jesus that for 2,000 years, Jewish people have been persecuted. Yeah. And for most Jews, this is like the name that you're not even, you, you're forbid to even pronounce. You, so if someone becomes a believer in Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew, then that person automatically in Israel becomes an outcast. It's yeah. actually someone that actually joined our enemies, though that, though that for 2,000 years have been persecuting us, and actually betraying our own people, and even our own God, by joining our enemies. So, because this is the background. And again, as I said, my parents came from a secular kibbutz, so, but they obviously didn't like it. They, 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 it, was, it caught them off guard. Can I tell you, I, I'd like to share something with you. Yeah. You know what was actually the most shocking thing? Actually, the thing that actually, one of the things that brought uh, me to salvation was when she actually, this woman at the hostel in New Zealand, in Pai, here in the Bay of Islands, uh, she, talk, she told me about Yeshua. And you know, I grew up in a secular kibbutz, which was open-minded and pluralistic. At least I thought it was. And when she told me about Yeshua, 
שסיוס זיבונם של סד ישוע. And I, suddenly, like it was like a flash that went before me, and I knew instinctively, I knew four things. I knew that just like myself, this Yeshua was a Jew. Second thing, I knew that just like myself, he was born and raised in Israel. Even though I knew nothing about what he taught, I heard somewhere, sometime before, that he gave the world the highest moral code or ethics. And the fourth thing was I knew for a fact that he influenced the world more than any other human being ever walked the face of this earth. Now, in school in the kibbutz, they taught us about Alexander the Great, and Julius Caesar, and Napoleon, and Hitler, all these people that truly influenced world events. But none of them was a Jew. None of them was born or raised in Israel. None of them, in fact, has influenced the world as much as this guy, Yeshua. In fact, I knew inside that this guy has influenced the world more than all the other people combined. And then came the question, how come? How can it be? How come? They tell me absolutely nothing about him in Israel. You know the three monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil? Yeah. This is exactly what we, the Jews, do with this Yeshua. Never been such a man. We know that there has been, but we don't want to know. And when I was confronted, this is what I actually realized. How can it be? You know, from the kibbutz where I grew up, as I said, 10 minutes from Mount Carmel, 10 minutes from Mount Megiddo on the other side, from the kibbutz where I grew up, I can see, we can see Nazareth. We can see them in the kibbutz, and I show you, here is Nazareth, half an hour drive. Wow. And yet, we never even thought, we never studied anything about him. We just, the Jews just ignore him. Yeah, wow. And this was for me a shock when I was, when I, it suddenly, it hit me, the realization. How can it be? How, how is it possible? That you just that completely we, ignore we are, that we history. We hear nothing about him. Yeah, yeah. Who's Alexander the Great or, or Napoleon or Hitler or um, Julius Caesar compared to him? Who are they? Yeah, And no he's one. one of us? Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess can, that's can, the can challenge you, can, for can us, isn't it? we're talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> And that's the challenge for us is to get out and tell them about Jesus or Yeshua, you know, tell them about the amazing things that he did and that he is the son of God. Uh, more than that. More than With the Jewish people, yeah, I guess that, that's fine. But when it comes to the Jews, it's very important to understand, very, very important to understand that it was that God himself through Moses said to the Jewish people, we talked before that the Jews are God's covenant people. It is to the Jews when God said, through Moses, do not follow the ways of the Gentiles and their gods, for all of them are wood and stone. So we have this warning never to follow the ways of the Gentiles. Mm. Now what is the tragedy? The tragedy is that we the Jews do not understand, we don't know, that 2,000 years ago, when we turn our back on our own God, on our own Messiah, He turned to you. The Gentiles. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, and this is the way for you, the Gentiles, to provoke us to jealousy, as Romans 11, 11 requires of you, as we quoted before, is not by trying to convert us into Christianity, because again, it is Christians that have persecuted us for 2,000 years. The way you can provoke us to jealousy is by letting us know, you, who once were heathen and pagan and worshipped anything under heaven, 
at some point in your history, two years ago, 20 years ago, 200 years ago, maybe 2,000 years ago, you have turned your back on your own gods and started to follow our God. Once again, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. And one of the ways to share your faith with the Jews, to provoke us to jealousy, is by letting us know we follow your God. We believe in your Messiah. You may not believe in him, but it is your God, it is your Messiah that commands us to be a blessing to you, even if you do not want to know anything about him. I want to be your friend. I want to support you. I want to let you know that we stay with you because of our firm belief in your God. Now, at that point in time, you can see how the Jewish people suddenly would realize that everything you have is actually belong to them. <laughs> Once we understand yeah. this, because if you try to get the Jews, I try to explain. You know, we talk, the, 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 the gospel is a Jewish gospel. But to the Jews, today, it's presented its entirely gentle gospel. And we look at it, and we cannot relate. We know that this is God, it's our God. You know, I was 27 years old when I arrived to New Zealand, and I thought that Jesus Christ, Christ, I thought, was his surname. I didn't know that Christ is a Greek word for Mashiach, Messiah. And if I didn't know that, I can assure you that most Israelis, 90% of them probably, would not know that either. The gospel today is so foreign to the Jews, and it is in the task of the Gentiles to, to come and, and let us know that they actually follow our God. They're not trying. You're not trying to convert us to your God. You actually, at some point, started to follow ours. Yeah. We must have it the right way around. Yeah. Scripture says, First Corinthians 10.32, Give no offense, neither to the Jew, nor to the Greek, nor to the Church of God. And this is, I believe, such a great call for the Gentiles, for the Church, to bring the Gospel to the Jews, if they only understand the power that God has given them. It, it, again, it's not our job to convince them that Jesus is sure is the Messiah. This is God's job. But, the, but your job is to provoke us to jealousy. And the mm -hmm. way you do that is by letting us know that what you have belongs to us. You received it from us. This is, and, and this is the biblical mandate that you guys have. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's a real challenge, isn't it, for us to yes, evangelize? Yeah. Uh, so many parts of the world, but as you say, you know, you are God's chosen people. And so uh, it's up to us to make you realize just who you are and what you've got. Time has gotten the better of us. I'm sorry, Omri. We could uh, be chatting, I think, all day about all of this uh, and fascinating insight that you bring as well. If people are interested in hosting Israeli travellers, just go to hitinternational.net and you can find out more there. Omri, thank you so much for your time this morning and all the best for the rest of your time around Australia. Thank you so much. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Messianic Jew Omri Jakobovich founder of Hit International or hosting Israeli travellers. It's an international network where private people can open their hearts and homes to Israeli travellers. For more information, the website is hitinternational.net. And finally, these verses, which can be found in both the Old Testament 
and in the Jewish Bible in the book of Isaiah. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us had turned our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. Those verses written hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus are about Jesus and how he is the Jewish Messiah and the Saviour of the world. Something wonderful that we have in common with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. The sheep escaped on us yet again, went five kilometres up the road, a windy road. So I got a bucket of food, and which was a nice bright pink bucket, and I ran in front of them and called them all the way home for the five kilometres and they just followed like, um, like, like, yeah, like shit, like the Bible. It was just magic. <laughs> Ken Inari Petfield from St George in Queensland have an innovative way of helping farmers in the outback. They provide farm relief for people who need a break for a while. But that is just one of the many ways they've been involved in helping other people. We'll find out their story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.